Welcome to the Blind Stigma Podcast with your hosts, Stacey Ann Buchanan and Dr. Natasha Williams. This podcast aims to provide a safe space that explores mental health within the Black community, breaks down the stigmas attached while taking back our narratives. Welcome to the Blind Stigma Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Natasha Williams. And I'm your host, Stacey Ann Buchanan. Thank you so much for joining us today. So today on our podcast, we have Debbie Mulder. So she holds a master's degree in counseling psychology. She is a registered psychotherapist, speaker, and a mental health advocate. Debbie is passionate about equipping individuals and groups with the tools and resources needed to educate and motivate themselves as well as advocate on their own behalf. Her work is guided from an anti-oppressive, healing-focused, trauma-informed, and anti-Black racism lens. As a therapist for 15 years, Debbie works to erase the stigma associated with mental health and giving people the tools they need to share their story and recognize that they are not alone on this journey. I feel connected to Debbie. And I love it because she's in the helping profession as a psychotherapist, Mm -hmm. but also is open to be vulnerable and understand that the helper also needs to be helped. Yes. Yes. And what I love about her, her story, her journey is like you said, just being so vulnerable and I'm echoing your words, a helper needs to be helped. And especially as a mother and especially as a black mother, where you wear so many as a black woman, overall, we wear so many titles and we have to do so many things and our plates are all are always full. But I saw this quote and I, and it goes beautifully um, with Debbie and it goes, I don't want my child to say my mom was so strong and list all the struggles I survived. I want her to say my mom was so happy. She was so peaceful. We had so much fun and love. Yes. I think Listen. that is the per- I think that's the perfect quote for her. I yes. think it makes I think it it sums her up beautifully. Yes. So with that, let's listen in and and see what Debbie has to say. Let's go. All right. Hi Debbie, how are you? I am so well. I am so well. It is a pleasure to speak with both of you today. Thank you. Thank you for coming on and thank you for, you know, sharing with us and giving us some some time and space. We appreciate it. So, yes, what we're going to. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Go No, I just wanted to say it's an important topic and I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to be speaking with you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. So, you know what? We are going to dive right in. Yes. Okay. So, so Debbie, we're we're gonna get right in, and we're gonna we're gonna ask you to to share with us your your journey with mental health. Ooh. So, <laughs> I, I you know I, I growing up I was always kind of considered that helper, so that person that people would go to um, to talk about their issues and problems. And you know I decided, well, let's get paid for it. Let's make it into <laughs> a career. <laughs> That's the ticket. Right, exactly, exactly. So I went to school, I did my undergrad in uh, psychology, and then I went to grad school and did my master's in counseling psychology. And so, yeah, so the next step was to to be a counselor, to be a therapist. And um, growing up in Toronto, I I decided that I wanted to work in Toronto, so I did some of that work um, within uh, counseling agencies in Toronto. 
I then moved to Peel region and did some work there. And then I moved to York region thinking well, there's absolutely nothing going on in York region. It's going to be very slow for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I found out otherwise. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and now I am in Simcoe County, um, just outside of Barrie doing work in Simcoe County okay. and um, still, still doing the uh, psychotherapy. I work in, uh, for an agency and I also do uh, private practice okay. as a uh, psychotherapist. So, that's my journey and, and why, you know, I wanted to do this work. Um, the journey that happened within the journey is also interesting as well. Well, so we yes, yes, well, see, you, you started you started that trajectory. So, yes, the yes. journey, the journey within the journey I is always that. very interesting. And especially when us that we want to get into the helping professions, like, you know, uh, like a mm-hmm. psychotherapist or a psychologist, that kind of thing. There's always a journey within the journey. So please, right. you know, enlighten us, please, in terms of your journey within the journey. I started uh, Alf as a psychotherapist before I was a mother. And so I was helping uh, children and youth and parents and families. I was just, you know, about helping and supporting everybody. And then I became a mother. And, you know, as I was pregnant with my first child in uh, 2011, you know, I I started to feel this this parenting urge. You know, you got this baby in your stomach. So you realize, okay, this world, this child is coming out into this world. What's going on in this world? Mm. And, you know, he was born. And a few weeks after he was born, I started to have these feelings of um, depression. And what people would call postpartum depression. And I, I knew the term. I knew that there was such thing as postpartum depression. Didn't think it would be me. Right. Didn't think that I would be the one to have experienced postpartum. And isn't that so interesting? And, because you know what? A lot of times we think as psychologists, psychotherapists, whatever, we're immune. Well, we know this. Oh, stuff. Yeah. We've, we studied it. We've helped other people. That can't, oh, that can't hit us until... Yep. Until. Until. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And you know what? I didn't realize what it was until one day I was, um, I took the baby out for a walk and he was about three weeks old and I'm walking and I'm crying and and he was born in the summertime. So I knew, okay, getting this baby weight off and I'm, I'm walking with him and I'm crying, walking down the sidewalk in Brampton and I get to the stoplight and I'm going across the street to the mall. I'm at the stoplight. And I am just a wave of emotion. Like, what am I doing? Who has entrusted me with this child? Mm. I am so tear. I'm crying. I'm looking around. If anybody is seeing them wiping away tears and I'm at the stoplight Mm. and this thought comes across and I start thinking, what if I just let go of this stroller? Oh my, yes what if I just let go of this stroller and this this car is passing by and I'm standing at this light and I have this thought of letting go of the stroller and then what? And it was it was literally five second thought where I, I gripped the stroller and I turned back and I walked home and I said, I, I need help. <laughs> right. uh, I, I need help. I, I need help right now. And so that was me admitting that there was something wrong. That was me admitting that, oh my goodness, I don't know what this is. I don't know. I've never experienced this before. I know people, I've helped people who have, but this is touching me and I need help. And that was that journey of getting that support, getting that help, recognizing depression, 
anxiety and that I am not immune to it. I help people, but I've also experienced it. And this is about now, you know, I, I work with other therapists and helping them understand what self-care is oh. and what depression and anxiety is and just helping to recognize that, that who is helping the helper. That's right. So that, yeah, right. So that's part of my work as well. So it was quite a journey. It was quite a, a stressful time because thinking, can I be a mother to this child? Can I, can I, can I do this? And then I went on to have three more kids. So I obviously, okay. got... <laughs> <laughs> and okay. they are all healthy and happy. Right. So, <laughs> but doing that check-in every time I had a child is that, okay, okay, am I okay? Do I need to talk with somebody? Do I need that extra support? Okay. So that, that is that journey that I was on there for sure. So then let me, can I ask you then, um, if we can just go back a little bit. How were mm-hmm. you able to address your situation? Because you mentioned that, you know, you had that five second moment where you're just like, you know, what if what if I just let go of this stroller? Yes. Um, can I just ask so that our listeners understand? So, you know, you, you knew that that was the moment you needed help. But what did you do? So I went back home. My husband was at home and I looked at him and I said, I need something. I don't know what it is. Mm, okay. And he said to me, do you need to talk to somebody. Do you need a therapist? Said, maybe, but I'm a therapist. How can I need one? Isn't that and interesting? He, oh my yeah. goodness. Yes. We have those dialogues yes. in our heads all the time as therapists. It's like, why do we need one when we're the ones helping others? Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. We, and we then just imagining right yeah yeah and imagine going to one and saying you know i do this work too your whole like being comes into question your competency you know, yes. you know you're like how could i help others how could i you know be in this field and then i need help myself so all of that i can imagine a lot of that stuff comes into question especially for us as in helping professions exactly and then you have the imposter syndrome that Thank i have quite too right where i am questioning my ability to do this and people see that I'm a fraud am I a fraud can I really Mm. do this and you know just just having my I'm questioning my confidence I'm doubting what I can do and so it's about having that community of support around me to remind me that I can do this work um yeah and accepting that help accepting that help okay so you were able to actually go in and follow through and and find that therapist for yourself and and stuff like absolutely that? Okay. yep and i saw a psychiatrist as well okay. you know and he checked in with me and yep. he said yeah it's postpartum mm-hmm. and it's very real and 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 and, and, and it's okay. okay you're not alone in any of this oh amazing mm-hmm. yeah amazing. yeah yes breaking that stigma they, you know, right? that was where yes. I started breaking that stigma around mental health, for sure. Oh, my goodness. You see, to me, it's just, it's hearing that and hearing that vulnerability, um, I think, yeah. is, is just so telling because I think, and, you know, a lot of times you'll hear it's in that vulnerability is where you truly find your strength. So to, yes. actually, yeah. to actually sit and say yes. It's in itself. Yes. It's like, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. So it's just amazing to actually just hear that yeah. and, and say, yeah. you know what, listen, I do need help and I'm actually not ashamed to get that help. Exactly. As exactly. Well. So I yeah. guess, you know, just to follow into our next question then, um, where are you now? What's going on with you now? You know, so now I I do have my own therapist and that awesome. I check in with. Yeah. And 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 this was something that I, I, I really had to be 
um, very aware of when I needed that support. And so I, you know, even though I'm in Simcoe County and people would really question, well, what's happening up there? You know, <laughs> how much trauma are you, how are you really seeing and I can, hearing? I can and only I imagine. Tell you. I can only imagine. <laughs> it is a lot. And when wow. we talk even about, and I do a lot of work around racial trauma. Oh, and yes. Yeah. So I'm just hearing so much. And then I have to carry that with me when I come home. And I take care of my children who are our, our black children who are going through our school system and what they will have to experience and knowing all of that. And then my clients and just being, you know, a wife and a mother and a daughter, I have all of this on my shoulders yes. and I need my own therapy as well. Oh, so of course. that's my self-care. Of course, I saw I saw this um, meme. Remember when the red flags were going around on social media? What is a red yes. flag? Yes. And someone said, "If your therapist doesn't have a therapist, red flag." <laughs> and I laughed. I laughed out loud because I remember you telling me, Doctor Natasha, that you have your therapist. Absolutely. Your spiritual. Yes. yes. Because oh, it's yes. like you pour so much and you give. So who's gonna water you back? You need That's to be right. watered. You know. Right. And it's and That's it's right. When I saw that, I laughed because I'm like, it's so true. Think about yeah. everything that's been put on your plate, heavy, heavy, and, and you have nowhere to, to share it. You have nowhere to put it down. So I saw that yes. and I was like, that that is really true. And yep, even absolutely. and even and even as you mentioned the racial trauma, I can imagine mm -hmm. um, not only just dealing with it, dealing with with it in this time, in this mm. day and age where we have a you know health pandemic, and then I also will say a racial pandemic as well. Yes. So I could only imagine. Yes how things have um, come to the surface for a lot of us as black community, mm -hmm. but also yes. then holding space for that as a therapist, yes. but then also yes. navigating it yourself as an individual as well. And, yes. and navigating it and assisting your children in navigating through that yeah. as well, right? So there's so yes. much spaces that you aim to hold. I'm so glad that you've just said, you know what, I need my own therapist as well because mm -hmm. I need... You know, I need my space to deal with my stuff as well. Like I, I cannot neglect myself. Absolutely, that's right. That's Absolutely. right. And you, it, and that is how I am able to help my clients. That is how I'm oh. able to support them, right? Oh, because I can do that. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, it it is tough, and I know you know. Like I said, you know, being up here in Simcoe County, what's interesting about it is that we do have. Um, a black community up here. I'm not surprised. But we, <laughs> wait, it, 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 it's here. But you still can walk into a room and be the only racialized person mm. in that room. Wow. Yeah. All the time. You know, I worked in a uh, children's mental health agency as a uh, clinical supervisor. And out of 150 people, I was the only black what? person on staff there. Yeah. 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 And so that you know a lot of things come along with that so mm -hmm. having that prolonged racial trauma can cause race-based traumatic stress as well yes. and it just all these things compounded on it is just a lot it is a lot yeah. so having my own therapist having somebody to vent to to talk to to work things out with oh it saved my life mm. yeah and i'm yeah. you know i'm so glad that um you know it's to have that space to you know, to to decompress, to to process, 
Um, you know, we are not immune. So, I mean, I think it's so important that we have those spaces and now more than ever, Yes. now more than ever, you know, you know, it, it didn't surprise me when you mentioned about being up in Simcoe County and, um, you know, being the only, you know, racialized person or, you know, in the mm-hmm. room. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yes, the community's up there because, I mean, I I, 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 I I, know. I know there's a lot of people yes. that have moved up into that area, you know, for, for houses and all of that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, you know. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. that's where people wanted to buy their homes and stuff. So it's it's not to say that there's not a black community up there. Yeah. But, yes. But, yeah, to be in... Listen, I've still been in spaces in Toronto as crazy as it is. And especially earlier on in my career where I was, you know, you walk in and you are the only, you know, racialized person. And then on top of that, if if I was in a position where I was either, you know, the the professor of the day or, you know, the the guest professor or whatever, they were shocked that I was the one in the front of the room. And do you feel like they question your credentials, question you? They try. They do. Yeah. Why does that happen? Like, I don't want to, but why do you have to prove yourself? I recently did uh, a keynote speaking and someone reached out to me and wanted to know more about me and mm-hmm. the conversation i literally said in the conversation i do not feel safe mm. because oh. wanting to know my work as an advocate what am i advocating for are you telling therapists what how to do their job oh, like wow, 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 right wow, wow. you know and i'm and, and my partner had to tell me because even though i didn't feel safe in the conversation i felt that i still had to give had more to, explanation yeah. and it's like this is oh, what we, they, 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 they question when a black woman is in such a high position yes. or right, in right, the right. same space. And then you, you then you're proven to them. I'm like, no, I wasn't. He's like, yeah, you were actually proven because your conversation wasn't safe and you stayed. You were trying to wow. prove your worth. And I was oh, like, that's good. That is Stacey. deep. Yes, boy. I know. And I was wow. like, that's exactly why I, I 20 minutes of my life that I can never get back. <laughs> right, right. And I was just like, and and putting out all this information and, and I feel the anxiety in my body. Of course. I feel yes. myself getting overheated. I feel yes. that I have to. And I and I and I and I absolutely do not like that at all. That yes. we just have to be questioned, you know. Yeah. So yeah, so it's you know it, it's the trauma of being in those spaces as well. If you really right. think about it, right? Yeah. The you know, yeah. and and needing that 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 place where you can hopefully find a therapist who understands that trauma and can help yes. you to process it yes. in unison but in a therapeutic relationship. How important is it to find that person <sighs> that can understand? That can sit with you and say, I get it. Right. Mm-hmm. I get it. I understand. Right? right. And and we're always having to prove ourselves as black women. We're always having to prove why? ourselves and saying, like, and I don't know why. I don't know when it's going to change. Mm. I, you know, and this is why I advocate for this. And I talk about this, this trauma that we are experiencing and that I don't want to have to prove myself every time I stand on a stage or I do a a talk or I'm in front of a class or you're the only black woman in the room the only black person racialized person in the room that that experience actually taught me that I can just simply walk away and I don't need to I don't need to give an explanation I don't need to feed into giving you a long paragraph as to why I should be here that's right you know, exactly. because I, exactly. I I vocalized it. I did not feel safe in the conversation, yet I still stayed because I felt like stayed. I needed to 
and but, I didn't know at the time. Explain my why. Why do I need to do that? But then you know what? Lesson, yeah. lesson learned. You now and take this. You now take this, lesson. and you go forward. Where you're like, you exactly. are now. You are now in control of your space. Exactly. And yep. if, if they, you know, their discomfort is not your concern. Yes. That's right. Right. Yes. So that's right. Yes. Yeah. Lesson learned. Right. This yeah. is this is good. This is yeah. Debbie, yeah. we're gonna get into our next question. We're gonna ask, how can we change the stigma of mental illness in the Black community? Ooh, this is, I, uh, I, I have a client and when I first met with her, a black woman and we were, you know, talking about the stressors in her everyday life and things that were happening with her. And, um, she, we both grew up in Toronto and she was just talking about, you know, her life and she stopped and she turned to me and she says, you know, Debbie, do you remember anybody talking about depression or anxiety in your house? Hmm. Nope. And I <laughs> right. And I looked at her and I thought, no. And it, it took me by shock that, you know, this was a core question. But it, I was even more shocked that my answer was no. Yeah. no. We didn't talk about this. We didn't talk about depression and anxiety. And I could tell you numerous instances where I, I knew I had anxiety. I knew I was depressed. But nobody ever talked about it. Nobody said anything about it. Because that just doesn't happen to black people yes. and i can quote somebody in my family saying that doesn't happen to black people oh my goodness right and so then i become this therapist who is seeing all these people and yeah you have anxiety you're depressed you have you know major depression and then i get um post or i get ptsd i i have postpartum and i'm black and then i have to say wait a second I, this hits me too, not just as a therapist, but as a black person, a black woman. That's right. I, I have this too. And so a lot of my work also is about talking about it, not erasing that shame, erasing that stigma in the black community about mental health, about anxiety, about depression, about the different mental illnesses that we are not immune to it. That's right. It's not We're just not. a white person thing. Thank you. It is every human being thing. And it's okay That's to talk about it. Absolutely. It's okay. Absolutely. We're going through so much. Everything's in the news, the things in our community. We're going so much. It is no wonder we we are feeling this way. Mm-hmm. We've got to talk about it. Absolutely. We've got to talk about it. Absolutely. And I gotta make the, yeah. the, the, the the talk and the language that we use very inviting too. You use terms like your mud or your nerves attack you. That's anxiety. Oh. You know, when yes. you hear about the anti, you know, our nerves attack our that's you know yes. it's like that's what I knew anxiety when right. I now I can be like oh my god that was anxiety yeah but you, yeah. you you're right we have to use kinder words yeah. you know as we're describing mm-hmm. this like you know when you say you know the person's mud or whatever yeah you you know how is that an inviting space to actually discuss what's really going on with exactly. me at the time I'm going to now stuff that in yes and yep. I'm not I'm not going to discuss because that I don't want to look mad oh, I, I don't want the shame exactly yeah exactly I don't want to end up in the in the psych ward. That's what, what people think. You get mad, you end up in the psych ward. That's it. Right. That's it. Right. So yeah. absolutely. Um, yep. Debbie, as yep. we wind down, I have a fun yes. question for you. Okay. And um, so this question came about when I was at work one day. You know, I should tell people I was at, I was working out. I was at Star Trek actually. That was the work I was at. And then I oh. went to the I went to the um there was a water cooler and I saw a sign over it that says, Take one thing for your mental health. And they had different words cut out in little strips, like it was it was hanging 
um, yes. vertically, would you say? Yeah. yeah and yeah. you just you just rip one off. And it was just like yeah. back in the day when people were looking for to be a babysitter, plumber. Here's my number. You just rip the number. Yeah. So yeah. we decided to incorporate it into the podcast for the last segment and to ask our guest, what is one word, just one word that you'll use to describe or sum up your mental health journey? I, oh, I would say hopeful. Mm-hmm. I am hopeful. I know that the journey is going to come in waves. Mm-hmm. And one day I'll be up here and I am supportive and I can help other people. And then I might have my down day where I need to take my mental health break to to have people uh, sew into me and, and fill me up so that I can continue to help people. And I'm hopeful that people will respect this and I will continue to be on this journey. But there is so much grace. There is so much peace out there for anybody on this journey. And just remain hopeful. Oh that my That's my word. That's, I, yeah, I'm hopeful. Love. <laughs> oh my goodness. Amazing. Well, first of all, yeah. thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time, oh. for your space, for your energy. Uh, for sharing with our listeners um, your journey personally and professionally. I am in awe and I'm so grateful that you are in this space, in this helping profession space so that your your existence can also help others. So you, thank you. You're so welcome. And please do not, the both of you, please do not minimize the work that you are doing. Um, and I say that with so much love to you that this is the work that you do is appreciative you are doing amazing things and please keep it up i look forward to your podcast every time it comes out so oh my please God. know oh. that this is making a difference in the community thank you listen debbie god You're is speaking so to you through you to me again yes again, yes. Again, <laughs> yes natasha knows oh wow oh, wow debbie, thank you thank we, you we love you we appreciate you we see you thank you You've reached the end of another episode of the Blind Stigma Podcast with your hosts, Stacey Ann Buchanan and Dr. Natasha Williams. Thank you for tuning in. If you're a first-time listener and you like the show, then please subscribe, rate, and review us on all the major podcast platforms. Don't forget to connect with us on social media at The Blind Stigma and join the conversation. Find out more about each guest and help us to change the stigma while taking back our narratives. This podcast is produced by What's Up Toronto and Stacey Ann Buchanan Productions.